Hi. Welcome. It's Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. And I'm Shannon. And tonight we're talking about... Truth. What is truth and what isn't truth? Wait, but our title was going to be... Reality? Reality today. Reality today. What reality is today? We are recording this on the 8th of January, 2021. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Oh, this is our first one of this year. Oh, wow. Isn't it? Because the last one we did was... Probably, because we were gone last weekend. Yes, so... Yeah, well, hey, great. 2021. Hoping for great things this year. Especially for Jesus. That's it, so... And unfortunately, um, 2021 kind of started out with a bang this week. As oh, I'm sure nice. everybody listening knows, we have we had a, a terrible incident, incident at uh, the Capitol in Washington, D.C. And it's kind of a indicative of our society. We have riots and mobs and, and all sorts of things going on everywhere. Uh, we have people that are, are constantly screaming at each other. Nobody listens. Everybody speaks. Um, and it bothers us. Mm. It bothers me as as a follower of Jesus that people are screaming everything but his name right now. Yeah. Unless they're swearing, of course. But it is um, it's an unfortunate thing. We live in what some people call, and I, I believe myself, to be a post-truth society. Mm-hmm. Why don't you give us a definition of post-truth? Okay. Post-truth is a is a concept, a sociolo- sociological concept. Um, but I'm going to give you a definition of it here right now. And post-truth is a this is uh, according to the um, dictionary.com. Here I'll get that one. Dictionary.com says relating to. Or existing in an environment in which facts are reviewed as irrelevant or less important than personal beliefs and opinions, and emotional appeals are used to influence public opinion. So people live by their feelings mm-hmm. and what they like rather yeah. than <clears throat> real truth. Yeah, and, and even more so than that, in this um, Facebook posting, Twitter retweeting society where we have a tendency to say, oh, that's cute, and then send it forward. We don't really know what truth is. You have to have, you know, it's because nobody has any roots in anything, and they, if it sounds good or if it's a celebrity or someone you admire is saying it, then you think, well, it must be true. He said it. Sure. It must be true. She said it. And that's why the Bible... And the sad thing is, they may not have even said it. Somebody else posted it for right. them. Right. True. You know, it, it's one of those things where, and unfortunately, social media really, really That's narrows that for us because if you like something on Facebook or if you look at something uh, as a news article or you um, Google something, your Facebook feed will be filled with similar things. Yeah. So and that narrows you down so you see less and less and less of anybody's um, discourse or thought that is different than yours. And that's a that's kind of a scary thing because it allows a, it, it allows technology and the people in control of technology to 
guide our thoughts. Yes. But I will say about that, mm-hmm. this was in a book, and I, I wish our son was our our, our son Ryan was here because he's a computer engineer guy. Mm-hmm. He would be able to explain this to you. But there are, and you probably understand already. But with that specific example you gave, so uh-huh. if I uh, start looking at new beds, you know, see all these beds, or if I post about whatever. And things start to narrow t- to my interest, and I see like-minded things about whatever I'm posting and thinking and, and researching. Well, it's not actually humans that are narrowing that research. Right. It's, it's an algorithm. It's an algorithm. Yes. And the problem with the algorithm, it, it makes adjustments, but the adjustments get worse and worse and worse. Uh, not worse, um, bigger and bigger and bigger to what the truth was actually in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And and so we are being influenced by these algorithms within computers and the Internet, the wide world mm-hmm. web. That's what WWW stands for, which we don't use anymore. Sorry. And in addition, I mean... Oh, no, World Wide Web. World Wide Web. Sorry. <laughs> in addition, we've got... Um, editing going on on some of those social media platforms too. Oh yeah, where they can come in and say, "Well, someone says that's also that's only partial truth." Oh, which? Or, oh, the one I like, untruth. Untruth, yeah. Oh my untruth. What is that? That's a lie. That's what it is. So why not? Just so say it's lie? very interesting um, living in this time if you stand back and watch it, but it's also very easy to get sucked into it. And I think that's kind of what's happened to our society in the last few years. We have gotten to that point where we are polarizing ourselves so much, but isn't it obvious if we look at our media and our politicians and uh, the social media stuff we're talking about right now that we would narrow ourselves down to such a small range to the point where we fit a label? Yes. And boy, does the world love labels. Right, and the only time you need a label is if it's a medical diagnosis to get the correct treatment. Or the pills you take, because so many of them look alike. You've got to have a label. So I think this is why we believers need to have a firm foundation, roots in the Bible and what it says, because it will keep us grounded in what is truth. And I want to share... A verse because we need to get in the ver- the Bible. Okay. First John one. Uh, no, no. First, First John chapter two, fifteen through seventeen. This is what it says. This is the message translation. Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. The world and all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out, but whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. Hmm. Isn't that good? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to... Okay, but you didn't think that applied? No, I do. I think that applies very much so. Um, And I think we, we need to keep in context the times that we're in, the place we're in, and... This is coming from 2 Timothy 3. Okay. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, 
brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, mm. have, have nothing to do with such people. They are the kind who worm their way into homes. So, <clears throat> Oh, wait. Now, pause there because this goes along with it. Okay, yeah, that's have, where I stopped. Yep. Second Peter three seventeen and 18. But you, friends, are well warned. Be on guard, lest you lose your footing, get swept off your feet by these lawless and loose-talking teachers. Grow in grace and understanding of our Master and Savior, Jesus Christ. Glory to the Master, now and forever. Amen. That's why we need our roots in the Bible. That This is the perfect time to, real, to say, okay, I'm going to read my Bible every day. And I think, yeah, and I, I don't want to get political about any of this stuff, and I'm not going to, other than the... To simply say that everything we see is is so categorized as right or left, one or the other, and the truth, of course, lies with Jesus, and Jesus is an absolute truth, and the truth of what people are saying is probably somewhere in between where they're at and what reality is, and if you see the two sides either way, the road down the middle is probably closer to what should be traveled, although it is a hard hard road to travel sometimes because people want to say are you one or the other <clears throat> nobody likes to hear i'm really neither mm-hmm. um romans 1 18 says for the wrath of god is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness yeah. and suppress truth is really what we're talking about here in the midst of all this going on uh daily we pray and we pray for our country we pray for um the leadership, whoever the leader is, we're praying for him in our country, in our state, even here on the reservation. And what, the thing we pray about the most is that they allow God to come into their lives and influence them. Yeah. Now, I don't know the current president. I don't know the president-elect. I don't know the governor personally. I don't know the tribal chairman or any of the tribal council members, to my knowledge. They may be... They may be believers. I don't know. But I can pray for them whether I know or not. I will pray for them whether they are or not. If they personally disavow Jesus, that doesn't mean they need Him any less. Right. So when we look at these things, I think we, we need to look through the lens of Jesus again. Mm-hmm. What would He see if He was here? What would He say today if He was here? I think, first of all, He would be terribly disappointed. I think he, I think his, he's heartbroken over the arguing and the fighting and all that stuff going on. I think I think his heart is just broken for that because people are so angry with each other and hating each other. They hate people they don't know, and they're they're by putting a label on someone, they refuse to look at someone with love. Mm-hmm. If you're labeled this, I refuse to look at them with love. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, we injure ourselves so so much. He's watching. He's watching God's children just eat each other up. And that it's to a, no benefit. No, it's to no benefit. Satan loves it. Oh Satan, yeah. Satan. He doesn't care who. Satan doesn't care who wins. He doesn't care who's in charge. He doesn't care one way or the other. But if he can get all of us humans, especially us Christians, at each other's throats, he's winning. And, and if he can get the rest of the world to turn away from Christ, he's still winning. Yeah. He's the father of lies. And a half-truth is a lie. So, I've got Philippians 2. 
I'm just, I've got some of these underlined, and it just, it fits. Philippians chapter 2, verses 14, 15, and 16. Do everything readily and cheerfully. No bickering, no second-guessing allowed. Go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in a squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry the light-giving message into the night, so I'll have good cause to be proud of you on the day that Christ returns. You'll be living proof that I didn't go to all this work for nothing. That's Paul, of course, talking to the Philippians. Um, And then uh, chapter 3 uh, it says that real believers are the ones the Spirit of God leads to work away at this ministry, filling the air with Christ's praise as we do it. And that is one thing, that how we can combat this living by feelings and um, getting caught up in junk. That The emotional. We, the emotional stuff. Don't get <clears throat> caught up in all the drama of things that we don't even really know about. We don't need know the people on the media. We don't know the politicians. We just need to see what they do and what they don't do and vote accordingly. But, okay, where was I before that? I'm sorry, my brain. I'm not sure you wandered a little bit tonight. I did. Okay, but it's good I want to I oh, I I bring thought. another passage up oh, here. Well, okay. Maybe it'll come back to you. Okay. Colossians 2.8, Paul says, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy or empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Black and white, plain and simple. C.S. Lewis said, there's only three ways you can look at Jesus. Mm-hmm. Either he was a liar, lunatic. he was a lunatic, or he was exactly what he said he was. Lord. And there is no way that he was not exactly what, who he says he was. So when I look at these things, um, when it talks about philosophy and empty deception, as humans, we love to show how smart we are. We love to show how intelligent we are. We love mm-hmm. to show how we know more than the next person. And that's where the, the philosophy and the, and the empty deception comes. Because someone who's good at debating can pick any topic and any side of any topic. And if they're really good, they can make you believe things mm-hmm. just because of the way that they can argue, the, the concept of, of rhetoric. And that's one of the problems that a lot of people have is that the concept of Christ himself as an absolute truth is too simple for them. Mm-hmm. They don't like the simple. Mm-hmm. The simple explanation is that God created you and God loves you. Mm-hmm. And Jesus died for you. That's not enough. That needs to be more complicated. Mm-hmm. I can't get a degree in Jesus loves me. Mm-hmm. And a theology degree is not what I'm talking about because you can be a you can have a doctorate in theology and not believe. That's that's got nothing to do with this. The simplicity of truth. The honest simplicity of truth, that we are all sinners. And we all, the wages of sin are death, and we all deserve death, but we can be saved only through Christ. That's simple. Mm-hmm. And simple is hard to swallow for some people. Well, whether it's ego, whether it's fear, whether it's rebellion, um, rebellion yeah. whatever it is that causes people to walk away from the truth and get into these lies. I mean, I've said this in my sermons many times. You will never 
look into the eyes of someone God doesn't love. Well, that's really tough. No matter what that person is doing to you or saying or what's spouting out of their mouths, you will never see someone that God doesn't love. Mm-hmm. So this but is, that boy is yeah. that contrary to our society now. Philippians 1.9 says, So this is my prayer, that your love will flourish, and that you will not only love much but well. Learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent, not sentimental gush. So you might not feel all these great feelings of love towards someone you don't know well, but you can sure pray for that person. But I, I and re- I think in praying for them, God will soften your heart. Yes, I do too. too. I know that because that's happened with me. It has. I with do me remember also. what I was going to say. Okay, it came back around. Ooh. I lately there's been an urgency in my heart that we all know the time is short, and I don't know if that means Jesus is coming back soon, or we all know that eventually we're all going to die. I mean. Uh, any of us can die at any time. That's just, everyone knows that, but we, it's, not a, it's not something we think about a lot. But So I think we need to take as many opportunities as we can to talk about Jesus with people. And one thing that I have found recently, because I've done it, is that people want to hear good news. Mm. They, they want to hear the things that God's doing. And it, you, don't, you won't offend them if you say, hey, can I tell you something? I did this Monday on the phone with uh, a lady in a, from a pharmacy in Minneapolis where we get Hawks Medicine. I think her name was Kim. And I, I, was, I was probably felt really weird to her, but she loved the story. I told her how God saved Shannon, and Shannon was at death's door, and God gave us back him. Or I'm sorry. See, I'm a little still weepy. I'm, I'm recovering. My brain has holes in it, and, it, and it, I'm, I'm dealing with it. But anyway, her... Um, response to the story I told how the good things God was doing really opened doors and it it made her feel good and it made her encouraged and I did the same thing with a young lady in our local family dollar I just same day I just told her the good things God's been doing how with Shannon and you know whatever and people want to hear they want to hear you can tell people testimonies of, it doesn't have to be the day you were saved. It could be what God is doing. You know what God did in my life today? And that is, um, maybe that seems like it won't combat combat the post-truth, the feelings, but it will. It cuts through the drama and the... Shannon wants to say something. No, I'm listening. Oh, well, I just, anytime you can say, mention Jesus' name too, or... It will it will sound a a beautiful sound in that people's in people's ears and and I lives. think as a society right now aren't we just starving for good news Yes, everybody wants. Aren't to we good starving news. for positivity? Aren't we starving for peace yes. and tranquility? I think people are tired. Deep down, I think every person really wants to just have a safe place, a safe moment, a safe time. Oh, that is Jesus. Mm-hmm. He yes. is safety. He is yes. peace. He is comfort. He is love. He is strength. He is all those things. And when you're, if you're talking to someone and you have the opportunity to just, like Jane said, open the conversation with positivity, with good news, if you with say, something, with yeah. something that just 
take someone out of their own world for a while sometimes. And just to hear hear a positive thing in your life can be an awesome thing for someone else. Even if it's just something to take their mind off of whatever is tearing themselves up. And when that happens, then some doors can open. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. everybody wants to hear good news. And if you say, can I tell you what Jesus did? Mm -hmm. Boy... I just want to tell you something. I've I've had a really good day, and this is why. Man, people love to hear that. Yeah, they want they're touched by that because nobody's telling them that. Yeah, and I think also if people are serving in the public sector, I I always am surprised to hear this, but I've heard it several times, so I know it's true. People who serve people out in the public, they often deal with rude people or. Which is sad, I just think. Oh, so, you know, if you can share something with them, it gets them looking up. And, and, um, but I need to go back to, and it all, I know probably most everybody who's listening to this, this episode of our podcast is nodding their head because we all can see this post-truth thing where people are just swayed by opinion and feelings and what looks good, what looks bad. And it's like mob mentality. They're told, like I think of Jesus, he was on the, riding into town on Palm Sunday saying, everyone was saying Hosanna in the highest, and then the Pharisees riled up the crowd, the same darn people, and then they're calling for him to be killed, crucify him, crucify him. And those people weren't thinking straight. Some of those people, maybe he healed some of those people. I don't know. But they got in that mob mentality, and if you're like that, you're like a herd of cattle that are spooked. Right. You cannot think. You're, and so that's, you're not. You're not. <clears throat> you don't process thought. You just follow what's straight in front of you. If the person in yeah. front of you is running, you're running. If they run away, you run away. And somebody asks you why? Well, because everybody was. Yeah. Or. or and boy, that's a poor excuse for behavior. And I, I. So that being said, that is that again. That's you need to to pray about this in that. To get a regular time in the Bible, do it daily. I mean, I know sometimes you might skip, but you need to start establishing your roots in the Bible because that is truth. And that will, Jesus said, heaven and earth will fade away, but my words will last forever. It's God's word that will last forever. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if you grab hold of that and grow roots into God's word, you won't, you won't become part of the mob. And I don't want to ever be a part of a mob. Yeah, the, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth for a reason. When we surrender ourselves, our thoughts, our, our take everything captive for God, and we spend our time focused on Him, then the Holy Spirit has time to talk to you yeah. and to, to converse with you and to share Himself with you. And that's where you get that, as the Bible says, the peace that passes all understanding, is where when we can throw ourselves into God's arms and just rest there. And unfortunately, so many people are so lost and they don't understand that. So as believers, if we do, it becomes our responsibility to change things. Yeah. And that's that's what God asked us to do when he said, you know, make believers of all men. He said, I'm, I'm leaving it up to you to pass these things along that you learn. And the world needs believers who are really well versed in the word they need 
our world needs us to be strong in the word. They need us to shine for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a... Uh, the world right now is, in, is as much in need as it ever has been. And when we look at what's just going around in our country, and unfortunately, one of the things that has happened because of all the chaos in our country is we don't even know what's going on anywhere else. No. We don't know what's going on in the rest of the world. We only know what's going on in in our tiny little circle that we're in. And that's part of that social media, too, drawing us in. Uh-huh. We we get sucked in to such a narrow focus that we don't see what's going on around us. Yeah. That we don't see uh, the, the good things, the sunshine, the love, the dandelions. Sometimes we don't see those things. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see dandelions. They'll be spring. Um, I, I want to read this little thing. This is uh, Jude. But this is a little commentary, a little comment on the book of Jude, which is just, let's see, it's only 25 verses long. And this is from uh, the Message Devotional Bible. And Eugene Peterson wrote this. There's a spiritual war in progress, an all-out moral battle. It's a battle for life and against death, for love and against hate, for purity and against perversion, for heaven and against hell. There is no neutral ground in this war. Every square foot in the universe is contested. Jude lifts the veil on that spiritual war so that we can see that God is in a continuous and vigorous battle against the forces of evil. In the thick of that battle, he is saving, he is rescuing, he is blessing, he is providing, he is judging, he is healing, and he is enlightening. From saving a people out of the land of Egypt to judging a people in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to keeping you and me on our feet and in the center of his love, God is fighting for us and against everything that stands against us. Now I want to go back to the first little thing. It said it's a battle for life and against death, for love and against hate, for purity and against perversion, for heaven and against hell. It doesn't say anything about for right and against left. or It doesn't say anything about certain groups of people. And we are in a spiritual battle. And... I love that every square foot in the universe, it all of it, and and God is winning and will win in the end, but He wants every single person to go to heaven. He's not going to stop, and He wants us to be in that fight with Him to save these souls. And I, I do. I'm reading a book about um, the first organ transplant, and this does relate. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's such a wonderful book. Uh, hold on, because just in case someone... It's just in the next room, because I can't remember what it's called. I'm coming back. Jane reads very diverse books about very diverse subjects. This is by a person named Shelley Fraser Mickle, and it's called Borrowing Life, How Scientists, Surgeons, and a War Hero Made the First Successful Organ Transplant a Reality. Sorry to cry. What I wanted to say was, and it's not a justification for war, because war is evil, and it's I hate war, and God hates war, and and uh, uh, but in the midst of such horrible things, advances happen. God brings great good out of great horrible things, and and because of this, had this um, this author uh, kind of weaves together all these um and this true story 
but she brings out different characters, different people. And so it spans like around before and after World War II and, and how, how it all came together. And it was because of the war that these people were working so hard because some of the surgeons, they went and had to work on so many soldiers and pilots coming back. And so they got so much practice at this stuff. And I just bring that out and that this goes back to what we said about stories, telling people your stories, how, what God is doing. Because God, I think, I think even now in this post-truth society, I know this is the case, God is doing really great things. And so the more we talk about more, the more we allow other people to talk about it. Because there are a lot of people who might want to share something that God has done in their lives or ask a question, but they're too shy to say something. It just takes a person to be bold to speak about Jesus. And that gives other people courage to speak about Jesus. We don't. We should not condemn another believer who doesn't say anything. Maybe they need us to say it first, to help them. And the more we speak about Jesus, the easier it becomes. But Satan and the world system, or even our flesh, does not want us to speak about Jesus and about the good things of God. Yeah, the concept that there is truth, there is absolute truth, then lays out the also the concept that even if you deny it, even if you reject it, even if you ignore truth, that doesn't mean it's not there. You know, you can you can turn your back and say that that the wall behind me is not there. That doesn't mean it's not. Right. Whether you acknowledge it or not, it's still there. And that's the same thing with Jesus. Jesus' truth, he is there all the time. And his truth is absolute. So if if we can share that with someone, we may open up the floodgates and let them share with us. They might share their pain. They might share their confusion. They might share their fear. And in doing so, we have the opportunity then to share our love and our peace and our lack of fear. I was asked this week by someone about when I was sick, and he said, well, you know, what were you thinking? And I said, well, you know, it was it was pretty rough, but, you know, I wasn't, don't know exactly what you mean. He said, well, you're afraid to die. And I said, I'm not afraid to die. I said, I'm concerned about what happened to my family when I'm gone. But other than that, I'm not afraid to die. I just want to make sure that my wife and my children are taken care of. But other than that, and I know it will cause them pain, but other than that, oh, I'm not afraid to die. And that's a strange concept for some people. And it was for him. He looked at me, and I could tell that was something he hadn't, it hadn't really crossed his mind that I would say something like that. But I, honestly, I have this, I know that I'm going to die, and I know this is a short life. And I have no desire to shorten it any more than it is, but on the same token, I know that there is so much more, so much more yet to come. Yeah. We have only seen just a little peek through the keyhole of the beauty of God's creation. No matter where you are or what you've seen or, or, or where you've traveled or the mountaintops and the oceans and all the other things you've seen, that is just a tiny little glimpse it's like going out and looking at the stars and seeing the light in the sky and thinking you've seen the star. Well, that's true. We haven't seen a star. 
we see light that was sent sometimes thousands of years ago that just got to us now. But there's more to that. There's more truth there than we even know. And if we can just take just that little bit that we do have a hold of and nurture it and let it grow and share it, oh, God can do amazing things. So no matter what's going on in the world around us, we just have to hold on to Jesus. And if we hold on to Him and we, and we hold on to that truth, instead of being overrun by the, by the world, we can be a positive influence in the world. Oh, praise God. Don't live in fear. Don't live in anger. Don't live in deception. Just go straight to the, straight to the source. Go to the, go to the truth. God's waiting for you to come and see Him. He's waiting to talk to you. And He has some awesome things to say. And those people you meet tomorrow or today, they want to hear some good news. They oh. really need it. So thanks for listening. Oh, God bless. We'll see you next week. Well, yeah. <laughs>